Good morning. I think it's fair to say that today's scripture is rather serious. And so it's a serious topic to preach on. So let's just acknowledge that right from the beginning and meet it head on. So every person here, in fact, every living person around the world have three things in common. One, we were created by God and we were created for God. Two, we are all on a spiritual journey. And three, we are all heading somewhere. Now, Jesus has a lot to say about our spiritual journey. And he's very clear and he's very direct. So we hear in today's gospel, a person who comes before him and he asks what is probably one of the most important questions that could be asked. He says, Lord, will only a few people be saved? Now, every word within that short question has significance. So we hear the person identifies Jesus as the Lord, as the only one who can really answer his question. He acknowledges the inevitable, that every person will one day be judged at the end of their journey. And he, in a way, prophetically anticipates the answer by asking if a few people would be saved. Every living person has a vested interest in the answer to his question. The last few words are the most significant, to be saved. So I would like to begin this homily by going back to last week in something that Father Miguel said. He mentioned how many people, and even many people within our own family, have embraced ideologies that are for the most part anti-Christian. Ideologies that have rejected the truths that were taught to us by Jesus. A person's ideology is very much a way that a person wants the world to be rather than the reality that it is. And so an anti-Christian ideology or an anti-Christian world view would be to embrace a distorted view of life, a distorted view of, of, live, of a way to live life that has been revealed to us by our Lord. Now, there are a great many people and even many Christians who have embraced a once saved, always saved, or even an everyone is saved ideology or theology. The everyone goes to heaven, that doctrine is an erroneous belief, and it's a perilous road to travel. Because you see, it contradicts the very words of our Lord that we heard today in, in today's gospel. 
So Jesus doesn't immediately answer the question, will only a few people be saved? Instead, he describes the way to salvation. Jesus urges that person, and he is urging us today, to strive to enter through the narrow gate. And the word strive means to agonize. It's important for us to pay attention to the article of the word the, because it's used to indicate one rather than many. Jesus didn't say strive to enter by a narrow gate as though there were numerous gates or that there were many entry points. Because Jesus says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. He also says of himself, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And the apostles, hearing what was being taught to them, by Jesus himself proclaimed that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Following Vatican II, in the church document Lumen Gentium, the church acknowledges that there are many people who do not know Jesus. There are many people who have not heard the gospel message through the, no fault of their own. And so that document speaks into the prospect of salvation for those people. The church acknowledges that salvation for those who in good conscience, with the help of God's grace, try to do God's will as they know it may be also saved. The church believes that it is possible for people who have not heard of or have not been given the opportunity to know and to follow Jesus to be saved. But what has happened is that that concept of possibility has been translated into a probability and then into an almost certainty that salvation is granted to everyone, regardless of who we follow or what we believe or what we do. This process of translating the church's teaching according to one's personal desire and the tendency toward scriptural amnesia it's like gambling. It's like carrying a pair of dice in your pocket, convinced that when it, we come to our final hour, we will inevitably throw a seven and win the eternal prize. So it is possible to throw a seven on a single roll of the dice, but it's not probable. And it's definitely not certain. In fact, there's less than a 17% chance. 
So are we going to gamble our life savings with only a 17% chance of winning? Of course not. Why would we do that? Scripture tells us that God desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. But every person has a choice, and God will not force himself on anyone. Why would we gamble our salvation and the salvation of others on a life of chance? Why would we remain silent about a known pathway that can lead us to eternal life? St. Faustina, who spent her life proclaiming God's infinite mercy, shared in her diary a vision that she had. It was a vision of heaven and hell. And she describes two pathways. One that is filled with, one that is wide and is filled with flowers and music and all sorts of different pleasures. And it's a pathway that ultimately leads to a horrible precipice, which is the abyss of hell. So people will walk along happily and they'll blindly walk along and then they fall into the great depths. The other pathway was narrow. It was strewn with rocks and thorns and those who walked upon it experienced suffering and tears. And at the end of the road, there was a magnificent garden and it was filled with every happiness. And as the souls entered there, in the very moment that they entered there, they forgot all of their sufferings. Now, a person's spiritual journey is a matter of a personal choice. A person can certainly risk their life savings on a 17% chance of winning at the game of dice. But they should know before they roll the dice that the odds are always in favor of the house. Now the owner of a casino would gladly encourage the gamble, saying something like, today might be your lucky day. Well, scripture tells us that Satan has control of this worldly house. And he's more than happy to gladly whisper into our ears the same lie that he told Eve in the garden. Don't worry, you won't die. You see, he lures us into a sense of safety where peril exists. And so today's gospel is a call. It's a call to take notice. It's a call to seriously discern the path of life that we have chosen to travel on and to make known to others the only pathway that is certain, and that's found in Jesus. It is a call to bear witness. It is a call to evangelize. Now the church, the teaching of the church has never wavered. 
has never wavered on the need to proclaim the gospel to the world because we know in scripture we hear and reread that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now we live in a world where many people no longer believe they need saving. And that's all the more reason why we need to proclaim his name. And that's all the more reason why we need to walk with others along the way because our Lord tells us that many will attempt to enter by another way and they won't be able to. For no one goes to the Father except through the Son. So we were created for God. We were created by God. We are all on a spiritual journey and we are all heading somewhere. We must love others enough to want their salvation as much as we want our own. And so I conclude with the words found in Deuteronomy and God says this, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and clinging to him. For that means life to you.